Welcome back, perfect peeps, to perfect.dev. Today we're talking about creating great e-commerce with Jamstack, and I have two wonderful guests with me. I have Flora Antara and James Vidler. Welcome, both of you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the big screen here. Yeah, happy to be here. Um, so just kind of a little bit of background on each. Floor is a full stack engineer at ZipWhip, and, and she is also a Jamstack advocate. Uh, apart from organizing the Jamstack Seattle meetup, she's always experimenting with something, creating prototypes, bringing ideas to life, and sharing around what she's learned. James is the VP of product at Agility CMS. And if you follow along with our podcast, we also had someone else from Agility not that long ago on the pod as well. So definitely check that out. I'm just going to drop that in and hopefully people go like search through. Uh, James also loves working with VR when he's not busy speaking and working with Agility. Mm-hmm. Thank you again. Anything else I'm missing? I always have to ask our guests. I feel like I always miss something. Feel like you got it. Awesome. Well, I think the only only thing I'll mention is like my uh, my colleague who's been on here before, Joel Vardy. Um, People often get me and him confused because my name is James Vidler. His Joel Vardy. It's the same initials. It's not the first time it's happened. And also, our CEO's initials, John Voigt, is also JV. So we're just a bunch of people. Sometimes we just get mixed into the same person in some people's <laughs> in some people's oh view. Oh my goodness! So that's that's kind of funny. When I was doing the uh, kind of the back grooming and trying to like research uh, individuals, both for this pod and the last one we did on agility, uh, I looked for Voight, and it of course brought up the movie actor. So I was <laughs> yeah. like, I was totally thrown off, and now that totally clicks in. Makes much yeah, more he, sense. He says he still uses that to this data for you know get good restaurant reservations. You know, <laughs> ahead bet. of time is. That's, That's awesome. amazing. Um, so yeah, the reason that we we brought both James and Flora onto the podcast today, um, both of you are uh, both excited about, but also kind of experts in the e-commerce space. So I'm really excited to to have you both on and kind of break down for our listeners a little bit more on where e-commerce is heading, uh, especially here in 2021. Some things are things are cooking and changing like crazy. So um, as I mentioned prior to the podcast kicking off. Brittany is is definitely more of a expert on the e-commerce side from our team. So I'll I'll probably have Brittany run a lot of this show and I'll just pop in occasionally and uh me in the background here. So throw in some insights. Yeah. So thanks right, again. So, yeah. I'll, I'll let you kick it off. All right. So uh creating great Jamstack sites, some people may think that the Jamstack can't do e-commerce because it's supposed to be static pages, right? So how do we get that dynamic functionality that a shopping site needs? Um, I'll start with James. Sure. And I think one of the the sort of short answer is there's many different ways, but that's also can be kind of confusing for people. So hopefully, um, you know, myself and Flora can shed some light on that. Um, Yeah, I mean, you can just because your your page is static, doesn't mean that everything on your website needs to be static. Um, you know, a lot of people are already familiar with the concept of, hey, you know, I have this page that I'm going to render, and then I also need to go and fetch some other data on the client uh, mm-hmm. to do things like pagination and, you know, um, other sort of, you know, client-server interactivity. Um, it's essentially the exact same concept. So you sort of choose the content that you know is going to be static and not change very often. So that's usually like content and that kind of thing. But, you know, things like prices or things like, 
um, like product information that may be a little bit more dynamic, um, you'd essentially just make sure you don't include that in your actual static build. And instead, you actually um, try to pull that on the client side when you're actually loading um, loading the page. So you can sort of like have your product page with some you know basic product details, but then also pull in your sort of e-commerce data on the front end to actually populate that, that dynamic data. Okay. Maybe Floor can talk about what are some of the tools that we can use then to do some of those dynamic pieces? Yeah. Well, um, so, you know, those dynamic uh, tools or that dynamic aspect will fit into the A of the Jamstack, so the APIs aspect of that. Mm -hmm. And so for that, um, there's actually a bunch of tools out there. There are some that we are more familiarized with, like um, like um, Shopify, BigCommerce, and there are other players out there that are creating e-commerce solutions. Um Definitely, you know, for anyone listening, a quick search on that will give you a list of things that you can use. Uh, but there are a lot of APIs that we can use to integrate. And there are, we're going to talk more about the sort of different um, integration aspects that you can do. You can do something very simple and you can do a more complex integration if that's what you're looking for. So there's actually a lot of tools that, that sort of will provide a different solution for you. Um, so so it's a great time to, you know, go out there and look for, for tools to do this because there are a lot of, you know, companies and, and kind of brands taking care of that aspect. And you know how... Part of the API aspect of the Jamstack is, you know, let those guys take care of that thing that they do very well, just like, you know, all of the e-commerce thing in this in this case. So e-commerce is really complicated, you know, it's super complex. So the idea is that, you know, you sort of hands off all the, the complexity into those tools. So that's why this is such an interesting approach to how to do e-commerce. So you don't have to actually maintain all that complexity mm -hmm. and all those tools and all that infrastructure and whatnot. So that's super powerful. Yeah, and just to add to that, you know, what's um, what's good about that is like for a lot of these sort of e-commerce platforms that are out there is they're gonna give you an API to use to do all the things you need to do for your shopping cart stuff, right? It's gonna be like, you're gonna have an API call to add something to your cart, to um, to, um, to, to to check out all of those sort of things. So you don't have to write that code from scratch. And if, you know, Flora touched on a little bit, there's, you know, some companies that we like to talk about a little bit, it's like there's Snipcart and there's um, um, a big commerce is, is, is another one, or even just Shopify using Shopify as sort of a headless e-commerce solution. Um, and so as a developer, you can use, um, you can essentially write your own code on, on, the, on the front end to use their APIs to like, you know, add something to your cart and, and use their API to sort of persist the cart kind of thing. Um, but there's also other solutions like Snipcart, which are actually a lot easier to do, mm -hmm. where you sort of, um, you just add some JavaScript snippet into your site and it just like automatically creates a cart around you. And it's sort of a little more magical. Um, and uh, I know we did a, a, a webinar in the past and we, we talked about how, uh, how cool that was. Um, so there are a few different ways to, to set that up. Snipcart is a very good option to just kind of drop in. It's pretty easy. Um, with all those platforms that you said that are out there, cost can be a big factor with those. So, um, it could be a bit expensive for small businesses. What would some options be 
Um, would Snipcart be one of the options or what, what could they use to start out if they wanted to avoid some of those bigger costs with like Shopify and BigCommerce? Yeah, I can jump in on that. Um, so I think that, you know, if I was a, a, a person that I was creating a, a, a brand or like a, like a company and I need to start selling things, there's a few questions that I would start asking myself at the moment when I decide to, you know, I need to start selling online. The first thing is, you know, how many products do you actually have? Because that sometimes it's going to affect how the pricing, uh, you know, the pricing points and the tool that you're going to use for that. If you start, if you start off, you know, with 400 products, you are probably going to need a more robust, uh, you know, e-commerce solution because you have a lot of products and you need to, you know, have at least, you know, a dashboard where you can handle all of them. But if you are, you know, a small business that you have, I don't know, four or six or maybe 10, between 10 and 20 products, something, you know, reasonable, small amount of products, you can, you know, uh, integrate a, a simplest or a quickest um e-commerce integrations such as uh, these ones that we started calling like add-on e-commerce solutions, which is like if, if you want, you you just create your product in your in your web page and then you provide a way for your users to, to pay for that, you know? So um, that's that's one. So I think that the, the two simplest things that you can do depending on the, you know, on your technical level because there's this other thing you know um your technical level and also the time that you have to integrate the e-commerce and start mm -hmm. selling things uh there's i think that the two things that fit there are this add-on e-commerce if you have some technical knowledge and time to implement that and and, and a website already that you can hook those things into and there's also the, you know, um, regular, you know, all-in-one solution that you can use, such as, you know, Shopify, you open up a, a website, like an, an account with them, they will give you a domain, they will give you a dashboard where you can upload everything. It's not the jam-stacky way of doing it, I would say, but, you know, that's, if I was, uh, uh, like, a small business starting to sell things, that's probably the first thing that I would think of you know because that's the quickest thing um if i had some time and some you know technical knowledge i would try to you know implement one of these add-on solutions and if i had more time and even if i have more products and needed this more robust solution i would start implementing something like BigCommerce uh, or shopify where they give you apart from you know all the api to integrate they will give you a dashboard on their own you know platform where you can go and handle all the orders the stock and whatnot i love snipcart because it's like a mix of both things it's super quick to integrate it's like an add-on like you just as as um james said you just put a script there and configure quick things and you know you already hooked in your products to uh, you know the the e-commerce part and the e-commerce part is that they also provide you with the dashboard where you can log in and see the orders and handle all that so i think that snipcart is a great you know mix of of the both those those words so there's there's that anything that you might want to add james um yeah actually the um um I think it kind of depends like 
where you're at as a company um, in terms of, you know, yeah. you, if you're getting into like, hey, I want to start selling something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because like if you already have, let's say you're a small business, you already have a, like a brochure style website, right? Um, if you have a developer or someone who's just a little, like, you know, maybe a little tech savvy, that might be just enough to be like, okay, well, let's take your existing site and let's just add some buy buttons on here. And you could set right. that up with Snipcart or you could set that up with even something like PayPal. <laughs> um, where it's like you don't really need to do a whole lot. You just need to sort of like put some HTML in a certain way and set up so set up a few That's things. That's something I was going to ask. Do you actually need a developer to use something like Shopify or BigCommerce? Are those all-in-one solutions? Well, a lot of the all-in-one solutions, um, you don't really need a developer. Um, but to customize certain things to how you want to look and that kind of thing, like, yeah, yeah. you probably still need a developer, right? They have like, themes, right? They have themes and stuff. So, you, yeah, you can certainly choose something that's sort of out of the box and is going to give you something cookie cutter. Um, so, like, I would say if, if, you're a, if you're a small business and you want to start selling stuff and you don't even have your own website right now, like, going with something like a big commerce or a Shopify is going to probably get your site up and running and selling stuff faster than anything else and probably mm-hmm. cheaper than anything else. Um, at a certain point, you, you may grow to where that product maybe doesn't fit your needs anymore. Maybe you do need to bring in someone to start customizing things for you. Um, so, you know, there is that, but I'm always a big fan of iterating, right? Like there's no sense of trying to be like, hey, I'm gonna build this thing that's gonna last forever and, and it's gonna do everything for me. Like you're never gonna get your, your store launched. <laughs> so, you know, pick something, pick something small and easy, you know, and you also get a chance to play around with it, right? Like, you know, you, you decide you wanna start selling something, you don't wanna invest $100,000 and realize, oh, you know, shoot, I didn't make enough in sales and I just lost all that, all that money. Right. So, you know, try to experiment, um, you know, as cheap as you can. Sometimes going, you know, not necessarily with Jamstack e-commerce is a decent route if you don't have a developer available. Yeah. If you have a developer, maybe, um, up, you would have more upfront cost to pay the developer to like create something with Snipcart, but maybe less long-term cost. And instead of going with something like Shopify, where you're just paying monthly, Mm -hmm. You may not have the business for that. Just so like just measuring your needs, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and um and that's a great point, like the cost part. Because I mean it is super quick and fast to get one of those all-in-one solutions mm-hmm. uh, ready. But then um I think that at the end of the, the role, you know, you'll end up spending more on that, you know, monthly subscription because they also take like a commission of every sale and you also pay for you know the payment tra- transaction. So everything adds up and on top of that if you're concerned about you know um performance and whatnot and want to start having more flexibility on your website i think that at at that moment you can start thinking about moving out of that all-in-one solution and probably going to a jamstack approach where it will give you that 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 flexibility and that performance and all those good things that we know so uh, yeah, the cost part, like it's 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 super tempting to jump into an all-in-one solution, but it's something that you know usually people I don't think that they evaluate or not. But I I'm saying it's important that you evaluate that when you're thinking about that long term. Like how I think it's great if you're thinking about having it for first a few months, a year, but then start planning about moving out because sometimes it can end up being super expensive. Is there a, a given point where there's there's so many products or variations on a product that you know any of these solutions will fall over and you have to start to look at something like, I don't know, Adobe AEM or uh, something major like that 
Um, is there like a guideline at all for like what that number is, or do you have to kind of find that out yourself? I'll throw that one at James. He seemed to smile on it. Almost, I'm just smiling because that's a pretty tough question to answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, I can I can tell you some of my past experience. Um, so I used to be uh, SAP uh, ABOP developer, right? And we we actually worked for uh, maybe not the chair that Brittany's sitting in, but um, <laughs> some of the big office furniture manufacturers uh, in West Michigan. And once you got a single chair out, a single chair can have multi-million variations that come out of it, right? And so if you are trying to sell that and you need to like put a red on it and then you need to adjust the arm and then it needs to, you know, and all of a sudden it's exponential, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like a lot of these kind of smaller versions of these e-commerce sites they cannot handle that even out of the box like if you're just selling a widget and you have one picture of that thing like that's totally fine or if you have a t-shirt you want to sell in six sizes that's fine is there a point in there though you really have to go this is not going to work we need to actually pay the big bucks yeah, I think as as soon as you sort of run into those complexities and, and you realize that, you know, the hacks you're doing to get around that is causing you even a bigger headache, um, it's probably a good time to reevaluate and say, okay, maybe we need to sort of move up to the big boys kind of thing, right? Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, um, you know, Jamsec doesn't have a place, right? Um, yeah. You know, we're looking at things like big commerce, which actually historically is been like a monolithic sort of e-commerce rollout solution, but they have a headless offering now. So you can sort of, and that's sort of the, what's great about just Jamstack in general is, you know, it's for the people that want to pick and choose the best of breed services that they want to sort of mesh together, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so they have more control of, of those things. Um, some people don't want that control and would rather just say, like, I just want one thing to do everything for me and I want one person to contact support. And that's fine. You know, there's always going to be a place, a place for that. Um, but I think if you find yourself in the camp where you, you like to tinker and you like to sort of be, always be on top of the latest things and, uh, you know, then Jamstack is a great opportunity for you because you can really pick and choose um, um, how your, how your, even your e-commerce works. You could actually do something where you build a Jamstack site, start off with something like Snipcart because it, you know, takes it maybe couple hours to set up kind of thing to actually start selling things and then later on you realize okay I, i'm out of outgrown snip card and i can have to move on to something else you could actually just sort of you know take your existing site that you've already built in jamstack and then just integrate that with um the whatever had the api solution you want to go with so you can sort of maintain your 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 website but mm-hmm. still just sort of just swap out the e-commerce piece right as opposed to being like well we got to rebuild our entire website now on this whole other platform and that becomes a huge other project right you just figure yeah. out what works for you in that specific moment that's what is so great about the jamstack yeah and can i say something it's it's yeah. um uh, very interesting what james just brought up that e-commerce and also like shopify and other tools like square uh, started being having this, this uh, foundation on top of the monolithic approach, right? But then they started having this headless solution as the second, um, you know, offering there. And they, in some of them, also even have the add-on or like buy button that you can just implement. Mm-hmm. So you can sort of like go and pick one of these tools and start, you know, loading all your products there, and maybe start having an all-in-one solution. Which uh, again, it might start being a little bit more expensive because if you think about it with the only one solution they are also offering you the front end and everything 
like pretty much ready for you so they make sure that they get that you know they charge you for that they take away all that complexity for you but you have to pay for that mm -hmm. but the great thing is that since they also have the headless uh, like offering you can at some point keep all your products on their tool but then start connecting them through the api and in that in that case i believe that in the case of um, shopify you would start with um, I don't remember the name of the of the plans, but with the plan where you where you pay for the all in one, but then you will sort of downgrade to the 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 least expensive plan, right? Mm -hmm. Because you you are going to implement all that complexity uh, on your side, but still use their sort of backend for managing all the products and the orders and whatnot. So there's that um, option also. Like start with the quickest and easiest thing and then grow like from there integrated when you're ready so using so it good. almost as a cms then right exactly and just using it almost as a cms yes gotcha and that's probably a good place to say how does building an e-commerce site with the jamstack differ from something like wordpress and floor you can go ahead and answer that one since you're up there all right. Yes. And uh, so for um, WordPress, you know, which is like a, a one of the monolithic um, solutions mm -hmm. out there, you're usually usually going to have everything living in that same um, website. You can also hook in Shopify at, at, like through a plugin and have all the products living somewhere else. So there's some integrations of WordPress and with through plugins that would let you kind of uh, put that uh, that complexity out in, the, in some tools, but usually you're gonna have everything living in that in that same you know monolith thing. I think that it's not you know WordPress. It's usually it usually goes with this WooCommerce plugin mm -hmm. for you know handling all the products and whatnot. That's usually it's usually a great tool. It has a great UI and a great UX and all and all, and all that. Uh, but I think that it's it's interesting, and I think it's the easiest thing to think about when you start, you know, about you know having an e-commerce. So it's either Shopify only one or WordPress with WooCommerce. That's I feel like that's the go-to for most people and what you know clients or like non-technical people know, and they will ask you as you the developer for. But I think that. As developers, we have the, you know, the responsibility and we have, you know, this place now of, you know, showing them all the other mm -hmm. options that they have and, you know, the pros and cons. Like you can have WordPress with WooCommerce and everything that you want, but let's think about performance. Let's think about costs because we need to, you know, pay for hosting for all that. So at that point, I would say, you know, lay everything on the table and do a pros and cons uh, about about everything, performance costs and everything that might be, you know, yeah, important. Everything for. has a trade-off, right? Yeah. Exactly. That's a great point. Also, it, it's impossible that it's, you know, everything perfect. It's either mm -hmm. gonna be uh, more expensive but faster to implement, or the other way around. So, it's different things are important for different projects. And James, when when you're you're kind of coming from a, a CMS project, how much in that product are you guys thinking about e-commerce e and how it has to plug into that system? Uh, well, I can tell you that um, we've been thinking about it for a very long time, and in fact, we actually at one point built our own e-commerce system um, into uh, into into our platform. Um, that was uh, I don't know, maybe four four or five years ago or so. Um, 
and then eventually we decided we should focus on CMS. There's lots of other great, great, great other headless e-commerce solutions out there. We probably don't need to also enter this space. Um, so it's a strategic decision to sort of uh, sort of put that offering um, on 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 the side, but. Um, it's very important. A lot of our customers come to us and and say, "Hey, you know, I got this site working right now, and um, you know, it's either it's either you know the some one of our customers directly, or it's the developer that's working for them, being like, "Hey, how do I, uh, you know, I need to sell some stuff, and you know, we're using your CMS. Do you guys have something that's already built in?" And that's sort of what initially caught our conversation of being like, "Hmm, maybe, maybe if we had our own built-in e-commerce thing, then we could then like, you know, we'd be like the place for you to come." Yeah. Um, but you know, we sort of changed our, our um, the way we thought about that because, you know, we don't want to become a place that is an all-in-one platform that has everything. <laughs> we want, we are firm believers, and the same reason why we like Jamstack is because you can pick and choose the best of breed solutions you want to you want to choose. And we said, okay, you know, let's build the best headless CMS out there. Doing not one thing really doing well. Doing one thing really well. Let's not try <laughs> to do everything really well. And let's not, you know... Um, yeah, let's let's not cut any corners on an e-commerce solution either, because you know that could have some pretty serious ramifications there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and um, the funny thing though is that we actually had built that solution um, as if it was an external system. Um, so we wanted to do that to be like, okay, so we built our own. This is how it worked. But if we didn't build our own, we would just swap this out and put in any other system in there and make sure that that sort of worked. So through that exercise, we learned a lot about that. Um, and that pretty much with any headless CMS, you know, you can integrate with other headless e-commerce systems um, mm -hmm. pretty, pretty easily. And there's a few different ways to do it. But I mean, generally speaking, at some point, you do have to communicate with the e-commerce provider. Um, and so, for example, like, Snipcart is, you know, you could easily um, set up uh, your your website to pull all of your 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 page your page tree and all the pages that are in your sitemaps and generate all your pages from all all the content you have in the CMS. But then, you know, use Snipcart on the front end to sort of add buy buttons and things and allow that sort of um, shopping cart functionality. Um, we've also helped other customers in the past build Shopify integrations where they can. Um, um, build a custom field in, in the in the CMS where they can actually go and query products and stuff from Shopify using the API so that when editors are in the CMS, um, you know, they may not be able to modify and they probably don't want them modifying the prices of things and stuff too, because that's all them, you know, an external system. Mm -hmm. But you do want your marketers to be able to update images and and copy and all that kind of stuff, all that sort of metadata that you really want to have around those those products. Um, so they can do that in your CMS and then you link that content to the actual Shopify entity that you're that you want, so the, the product, for example, so they can sort of be like, all right, this is the content for this Shopify product, and then on the front end, on the developer side, you're like, okay, I'm going to get. Uh, let's say you're building a site in Gatsby, it goes through a build process. You're going to source the content from Agility, and then you'd be like, oh, okay, I got these Shopify ideas. Now I'm going to go with source this this content from Shopify, and I can merge them together and then show them on my front end, and then have some APIs in the front end to add products to carts and that kind of thing. So does having all of these pieces add so much complexity and places that you have to go? How do we get to a place where we can say, I want to go to this place and add my content and I want it to just work. So how are mm -hmm. we going to get to that point and what can we use to do that? Um, one tool that comes to mind uh, is um, um, Stackbit. 
So Stackbit, uh, it, it's one of the tools that I'm keeping a close eye on, on the Jamstack ecosystem, because their whole idea is bring all of the, the Jamstack tools and, you know, features and APIs that you're using into one place. So you will have that just one tour where you are going to be able, to, you you are able already, it's out there, you can go ahead and try it out. <laughs> uh, and then you can, you know, uh, work in their, you know, sort of dashboard, they provide a live editor, that's great. And then under the hood, they are doing all the connections for, you know, your e-com, your um, CMS, any other APIs that you're using, but they provide the sort of like hook that in all together for you and you just work on one place. So I think that it's super powerful and that we all need to keep an eye on it because I, I think it's going to, you know, sort of solve that gap that, you know, it was that WordPress was solving or like any other one of those, uh, you know, monolith, monolith things, solutions that the, the, the main thing what you would think about going into one of those solutions is because of that, because you had everything in one place. So that's the, like the good and the bad of the monolith approach. Like you have everything there, great, but also bad. <laughs> you know, like you have everything there. But with I, this, you still have everything separate. You are still using Agility for your CMS, Shopify for your, but they put everything together and just go there. And they have collaboration, you have, can have users and whatnot. So I would say keep an eye on that. I'll, a lot of times, like I'll, I'll like keep myself awake at night going, wait a minute, this Jamstack thing's amazing and I love it. And we talk about it every day, but uh, every time like we start to dive into it, it's like, well, how do we bring it all together? Could we like have plugins and could we have a unified? Yeah. And I'm like, I, don't I know. Am I just talking about WordPress all over again? So yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's just, the Jamstack is just going to become like WordPress, and there's me something else that just comes up again, right? It's yeah, cult, like, yeah. It's, it's uh, so hard to yeah. think about that way. Like, how can we be extensible and yet like consolidated for you know each individual yeah. marketer or like someone actually doing the content? Right? It is a lot yeah. of pieces, right? It really allows us to create whatever we want or need for the project, but it's just it's a lot of technical debt just like yeah. decisions to make and yeah. um, things to add so we've touched a little bit on Snipcart. have either of you ever used use shopping cart i haven't no i have no. not no have you nick de jesus created use shopping cart and it was originally for react and he has recently switched it to redux and we've uh -huh. talked about it on the podcast before but um it is almost like Snipcart, but it allows you to just store a shopping cart and use that with Stripe and create a shopping cart solution. So that is another way, another thing that we could integrate in and so it's even more in. abstracted kind of. Yeah. Not um, exactly tied to a specific platform, right? Yeah, it's not it's completely framework agnostic. I'm actually working on a site where I'm just building HTML vanilla JavaScript and putting you shopping cart in there and just hooking into Stripe's API. And I'm actually planning on just using Stripe as my CMS. So I'm going to add products to Stripe and it's going to pull everything in from Stripe. So I, that's my one source of truth kind of. Nice. Well, if you if you need some uh, you know some other content that Stripe may not provide in the interface, well, that's where a headless CMS might might come into play to also help you with the other content. So, what would head, a headless CMS add for Stripe? Uh, like, what are those differences that you're talking about? What 
Yeah, so actually that, that's, a good, that's a good point you brought that up. So um, so like you're saying you're using Stripe as a CMS. So Stripe has, you know, the concept of like products. It has the mm -hmm. concept of orders and subscriptions and uh, probably some other stuff I'm not even aware of. <laughs> it's been a bit since I've looked at it. But um, it doesn't really have a place for, you know, things being like, you know, what's your homepage title going to be? What's your what's your meta description that you're going to use on your on your homepage? Uh, what pages are you going to have in your in your in your sitemap? Um, what banner is going to be on the on the on the front page of your site that isn't really about selling a product necessarily? Mm -hmm. It could be about something else entirely different. So that's where um, headless CMS can come into play, where you know you can create any sort of structure of content you want, um, and and then that and that way you're sort of covered. So the idea is like on the front end when you're displaying something, um, every single piece of content you see, you should be able to go and just change as a marketer. Um, yeah. Now, if you're just building a site for yourself and you're a developer, that's probably overkill. You probably don't need a CMS for that. You're probably just as comfortable going into, uh, you know, your GitHub repo and just make a, make a quick update, right? But if you're um, a freelancer and handing this off to a client, you want to be able to, for them absolutely. to update their stuff. So yeah. that's a great option for that. So what about delivering the product? So Shopify and the big all-in-ones allow us to... Um, do everything. They ship it for you. They handle like emails, I think, and all of that. So what are some of the options that as developers that we could do ourselves for shipping and contacting? Flora, you want to take that one? Sure. Yes. I actually don't know of anyone that you, uh, you know, a tool that can help you do that just as a developer, like an integration or something. If there's something out there, I'd love to know. In my experience, um, Either, you know, um, store owners either use the one, the solutions from Shopify or those tools, or they they just, you know, receive the order and just leave the order in the dashboard and they handle all the shipping and all the fulfillment parts mm -hmm. their own. And it's very different in, in, in every scenario. So um, I haven't found like a one uh, way that everyone does it. It's different depending on, you know, uh, if it's a small company, if you're an entrepreneur, if you have a big commerce thing, um, that's in my experience. I think it depends on what you're doing, too. I know there's ones like Printful and Printify. If you're like actually getting stuff printed, that will ship stuff for you. And then there's that's products true. like Mailgun that will do emails and things of that nature. But I don't know of exactly. anyone that would like ship out just your own products for you. Like if you were um, creating your own kind of Etsy store thing. And you wanted a, a company to ship your products for you. I don't know. Yeah, like a, and, and even with Etsy, like so, like people, at least the the store owners that I know, um, they receive the order in Etsy and they do all the fulfillment on their own. Like they take, they put the thing in a box and they take it to you know the mail and yeah, and you deliver. have to do that yourself. Yeah. Yeah, there's certainly. So, it looks like there are some companies. I'm actually just really curious. So I just put up a Google search. Like, <laughs> yeah, there are there are some companies who are looking to starting to specialize in this, where it's like, yeah, they they sort of handle your entire fulfillment service. So like, they'll take the order in, they'll source the thing, and they'll ship it, and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, because when that's you search, yeah, that, that's that, I, I haven't personally used any of the services or anything. I can't can't comment on that. Although I have to say, when we built our e-commerce system, we had to build that in mind too, and it it's really complicated. You don't want to do that custom <laughs> if you can, if you have any other choice. <laughs> drop shipping, yeah, yeah, is that it? Drop okay. shipping, yeah. 
I mean, yeah. it's also it's also kind of what Amazon does too. It just went away if you can sell stuff is just sign up for Amazon, sell on Amazon. <laughs> we'll also do that for you. We've kind of touched around this topic a little bit, but pulling all of these things together leads to a lot of choices and integration. So, at what point do we just say it's easier for us to use an all-in-one instead of pulling in all this different stuff? Yeah, I would say pricing is going to be an important point there. Like you, mm -hmm. if at some point you, you you know, identify that it's being way too expen more expensive than you expected, that's that's probably one aspect. Then the other one is, um, so usually when you have one of these all-in-one solutions, they're going to give you a domain that's going to be different from your brand website. So it's going to be, so it's, it's so you're, a storefront is going to live completely in a different domain than mm -hmm. your brand website. Might be okay for your brand, and but at some point it might start being, hey, we actually want the thing integrated to have seamless experience and whatnot. So that's the other thing, the domain part. And then um, I think the third one is, you know, that uh, flexibility of, you know, um, the look and feel and the performance and, and all that. So I think that that's sort of the inflection point where you say, I need to move out of the all-in-one and go through a different approach and have more flexibility for costs or, or whatever. Is, is there any way, so we talked a little bit about kind of Brittany using um, Stripe as, as a CMS or something like that. Um, a lot of times what I run into on different projects is we actually use Cloudinary a lot on CodingCAD. We use it and everything else. Um, I find that at least that way you can load a single file. And if you have a CMS where you can load up to like Cloudinary itself, then you can use that link across all of these other products. Is there a way to look at that from an e-commerce perspective where you almost flip it on its head and you say, okay, I, I have kind of this image that I'm keeping in a, a CMS, but the, and maybe this is what Snipcart does. I'm just not used to it. Um, but I just need like buttons to drive home this whole shopping experience after that. Is that what you would end up using that for? Yeah, yeah. So um, um, you could using something like Snipcart or even like PayPal buttons, or I think Snipcart, uh, Shopify also has buttons. Um, you could use a CMS to create all the structured fields you want. So you're like, all right, I'm going to put a field for this is my product image. This is my, you know, dimensions of the product. Um, you could even construct your own concept of a variation if you really wanted to, right? Um, and and then on the front end, when you're when you're when you're displaying that, you sort of put some attributes, usually in HTML, to sort of say like, hey, you know, this is my product image, and you know, this is my title, and this is my description, and this is my price. And then those services like Snipcart, um, PayPal, or Shopify will sort of ingest that information and build up their own like internal database of the card. They either so they sort of keeps that data in sync. So it's like, all right, this is the person's products. They're not actually defined in the system first. They're defined in your system first, and then they're and then you tell the the e-commerce like that these are my products. So then that way you actually have full control over all of the content in one place, which is really nice. Um, um, but to your point, uh, Alex, I think you had mentioned before was. Um, um, uh, I forgot my train of thought there. Was, uh, <laughs> uh, I think my my biggest part of it was like on the Cloudinary um, when when you start to like utilize those images across different places and things like that. What I've 
been running into, which is a little frustrating, is like I almost have to start duplicating where that content belongs. I, I think the buttons and and building that own their own database up, like that's really good to understand. Um, however, I, th- I think there's kind of also this progression where it's getting increasingly um, complex for these checkout systems. So like when we're using Stripe on our site now, like I don't want to handle any of that because it's how do I now integrate my Apple checkout and how do I like, how do I stay up with the EU regulations and all of that stuff? So now I take like, okay, you can add a membership, but once you're like kind of into that mode of checkout, like I'm pushing you over Stripe. Mm-hmm. Well, now when I'm in Stripe, like I want to make sure that image matches the product you're actually checking out on and, and things like that. And it, it starts to become difficult to like say, okay, I am like, I have one kind of, golden copy of all of my content and I'm pushing you to all these other different places. I feel like that part of the jam stack, mm. there's something that's that's getting lost a little bit because yeah, you do have these best of breeds, but each best of breed doesn't cover the full like thought as you flow through. It doesn't that. communicate well with the other pieces. Yeah. yeah there's, there's so much duplication that yeah. occurs. So what you're finding is like on the maybe on your marketing site or something, you might have a picture of a of a of a, of a product and a button of the product, and then that goes to Shopify. That Shopify you need to have that exact same image yeah. sort of set up in Shopify, otherwise it won't look correct in the cart kind of thing. Is that yeah, what you're yeah exactly? Yeah. So and I think that's probably yeah. why Brittany started to use like Stripe more it was as the that exact reason CMS because thing. I had an image that I was using and it wasn't matching my Stripe image or it wasn't like filtered the exact way. And so if I just pull my image from Stripe, I don't have to worry about that. Right. It just lives in Stripe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at some point you got you got to decide what's what's the source of truth here, right? And yep. yeah, and the way that we actually had built like our e- our own e-commerce system with our own integration is what we do. What we did there is we sort of uh, said, okay, there's going to be like a separation of concerns. There's going to be like the regular CMS content for this product, which is going to be the title, image, description, and then any other custom fields you might think of. And then there's the e-commerce data for that product, mm-hmm. which in theory could live anywhere. In our case, it lived in a different database, but it could live yeah. anywhere. Um, and... Um, once you sort of make that distinction to be like, okay, these fields are here and these fields are here, it was it, it became pretty simple because the only e-commerce fields that we sort of people would ever set are like price, skew, dimensions, weight, and then some variation stuff. I, I think what can get difficult even in that though, a lot of times in your CMS, you'll say, okay, this widget is ten dollars. And then when you go to check out, you're, you're kind of firing that off to like, let's say a Stripe. Well, now I need to make sure I updated my products over in Stripe for $10. Yeah. But then when there's a price update, who's updating both sides of that equation, right? And keeping right. those in sync. And that's and that's the so, part that becomes a little challenging. Go ahead, Flo. Interesting. So you guys have... So you guys have all the data like loaded in your website, CMS, whatever you're using, and also loading, like duplicating it on Stripe. Yep, because, so because I, we we work through Stripe's like full checkout process on their side. Interesting. I, I've always seen you... that done on um, on uh, WordPress as well. Like even in WooCommerce, they're like, "Do you want to add some buttons? Cool, add products, put the pricing in." But then the CMS of of WordPress also has, "Oh well, here's the copy for that, and put your price right here so it looks good." 
So it's it's yeah. like this, this thing that's interesting. Yeah, that that creates that disconnection. But have you guys um, thought of or started implementing the Stripe? I believe it has an API with your website, so to kind of start to consume that. So the source of truth for your, your price and your image actually is in Stripe. So it, it's kind of the, the challenge becomes, um, so for instance, let's, let's say in our CMS um, or whatever, wherever we're storing that, let's call it a CMS. Um, we have like this product out there and we know like we want to set the correct copy and all the images and stuff like that. If you just tied it to Stripe API and said, here's the product API, let's say like now, now that you have that, it's cool. And when you click, you know, add to my cart or whatever, when you go to the final checkout, almost like Stripe for sure is is pushing pretty heavily to get you checking out on their site. Because they once you're over the there, project. you lose that same like here. Here's my look and feel to my site and everything like that. Yeah. And I if see. you don't keep your images up to date on that side, someone's like, oh, that got really weird for me, and mm -hmm. it, it breaks that kind of checkout flow down. So. It's it's just kind of interesting, and that's that's why I think like Brittany loves Snipkart. Like you talk about it all the time, like how great it is. So being able to kind of flow within your own site and kind of keeping that content in one area, it, there's, you there's kind of pros and cons. I mean, I do like Snipkart. It does add uh, I think three percent extra fee, so you get a three percent fee from Snipkart and a three percent fee from Stripe if you use mm. that. Um, Snipkart is I think it's a modal, right? It just drops in and then it's on your current site, so you can style it however you want. They do have like a base styling that you get with it, but you can update that to look kind of so it looks and feels more like your site. Than That's something correct. like yeah, it, it does seem to it's it's a little more like yeah seamless. We found yeah. Once you go, it uses Stripe too because you integrate Snipcart with Stripe on the back end, and then it still pushes you to Stripe though. Does it and really? So does you shopping cart. So it still pushes you to huh. Stripe. You're still going to end up with that second screen because Stripe huh. handles it. So they want it to be hosted by them because they handle all that back end processing. So it has to. Like there's right. no way to really get away from that that I know of. I, I think maybe I put some words in your mouth. I didn't mean to. What's what's the other product that doesn't have the fee that you always talk you about? You shopping cart. Yeah. That's what I said. Is you shopping cart the one that you were referring yeah, that's, to? Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking of. That is, I because... like Snipcart too. It just it adds the extra fee. So I, I use both, but I think they both give you the shopping cart feel for your site, but still once you go to payment, uh you shopping cart uses redirect to checkout and it will send you to Stripe. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's still the same page. Same thing. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of interesting. Like obviously like Stripe has become kind of the biggest power player in the Jamstack space for, for checkouts for a very good reason. I mean, they're really good at what they do. Um, cool. Well, I, I think we've kind of covered all the pros and cons and the ins and outs of Jamstack API. So it's probably time for one of my favorite parts of the show for our perfect picks. James, you are the lucky winner to go first today. And All right. A pretty fun pick if you if you ask me. Yeah, I have to say I, I, I certainly slept on this one while it was on the air. But uh, episodes uh, starring Matt LeBlanc. Yes, Joey from Friends. <laughs> 
Actually, interesting poster they put here. He's completely hidden. He must not be very happy about that. Um, <laughs> but I know I have to say this the show is hilarious, and it's just the it follows this premise of these two British. Um, um, uh, t- TV show writers who, you know, wrote this brilliant award-winning show in, in Britain. And then, you know, so this Hollywood executive sort of lures them over to Hollywood to say, hey, you know, like, I want you to do this, do the exact same show you did in Britain. I want you to do it right here. It's going to be a great success. Um, but he's a little nuts. And he ends up, you know, hiring Matt LeBlanc as, as the sort of lead role. And it doesn't fit the role at all. And then the whole show changes from being this, uh, it's originally supposed to be this show, this like heartwarming show about uh, a boarding school and the and the headmaster. It turns into a show called Pucks, which is about a hockey coach <laughs> <laughs> coaching a hockey team. And Matt LeBlanc is the is is the lead, and he actually plays himself in in the in the show. And it's just yeah, it's oh, awesome. That, that's the part people love. They're like, yeah, Matt's Matt. It's it's hilarious. <laughs> it's got five seasons too. I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, yeah cer- certainly worth it. It's yeah. Unfortunately, it's not uh, not on the air anymore, but. Uh... Yeah. Five seasons, though. Five seasons, yeah. That's good, good run. That's some good hours of life. Uh, no. Uh, okay, Floor is up next. And I think she might have mentioned her first pick a little bit already. Yeah, not that I'm a fan or anything, <laughs> but um, I would. I, I just want you know everyone to you know keep an eye on this TagBit uh, tool. Uh, and platform because it, it, I think that it comes to solve a really interesting, you know, uh, flaw that we have on the Jamstack, and it's you know the fact of it, they put everything together for us. They connect all those services behind the scenes for you. Super nice and easy to interact with, and it's super, um, you know, easy to integrate your project into. So there's that. One note about that. I'm good. Uh, I don't know when the live podcast is going to be actually released guys but the next monday i'm going to be on the boston meetup talking about stackbit so, so if you catch it live great if not make sure that you look for that recording out there because i'm we'll going to show we'll have you to grab the link and add it in that's awesome yeah, yeah. right <laughs> yeah okay cool and then um there's a as i did if you if you guys can put links there there's a, a great like tutorial that kind of uh, brings together this tactic tool with Snipcard, which is one of the tools for e-com that we were talking about today and they show you how to integrate the Snipcard e-commerce solution with the stack big tools so you can have everything in one place and it's great very cool Cool. no it's very interesting and the third one non you know uh jump stack related is this remarkable device that i use i've gone paperless uh for you know since two years ago or something i've been using this remarkable thing that i love it's like an ipad kind of thing but it's it's great to work with it's just a note-taking device that it feels like you're writing on paper it's so so weird to write in it because you you hear the sound like of the of the the pen it's so so satisfying i i would say um if if you've watched the podcast before or if you haven't go to the scott delinsky episode um he has actually a live version where he's writing on his for us so yeah, Check it out. it's, it's a great really a good. This is this keeps coming up, so it's got to be yeah. amazing. There you go. 
It has something. Yeah, I, I love it. I don't have a pen around in my house, real story. And it's it's great for, you know, taking notes or like whiteboarding. You can connect it to your computer. They have a, a whiteboard session. So if you're I'm, sometimes I'm on meetings and I share my screen and I'm actually drawing on that thing. Oh, wow. it's really cool. Or I like that. Remotely. Yeah, uh, it's so black app. <laughs> so it's great. I didn't know that. Battery life is supposed to be great on those too, right? I, I've heard. What is it? Battery. battery life battery life oh yeah there was so this is the second version i had the first one and now i have the second one it they improved the battery a lot like it's crazy how they improved the battery life on this thing i think scott so, said he goes like three weeks without a charge yes what yes yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah e-ink's amazing it's I like think, the kindle i think we were joking that if uh the kindles had yeah. this capability that would have sold out completely yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. Brittany, you your pick is next. Yeah, I went with a couple of tech ones today, just centered around the topic that we were on. So this is a, a blog post about learning how to accept money on the Jamstack sites in 38 minutes. And it's by Jason Lingstor from Netlify and Thor from Stripe. And they take you through, it's just an HTML page with vanilla JavaScript, and it uses Netlify serverless functions to... Um, send that data off to Stripe and it's a really good post. I suggest you check that out. I was about to ask you like why 38 minutes and now <laughs> I, I see like this video collection of 38 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. And my second pick is Jamstack Handbook by Colby Fayok, another person that we've had on the podcast talking about this book. And it has three tutorials inside of it that take you through setting up a Jamstack site with e-commerce solutions like Snipcart. And um, he uses AWS. He uses, trying to think of the other one. I think Netlify is the other one that he uses in there. Yeah, I don't remember either. Um, if you don't follow Colby on, on at least YouTube, I think he's on Twitch too. Uh, absolute wonderful guy to follow um, and listen to his That tutorial. book that you just went past too, he has a free book, 50 React Projects for mm -hmm. React and the Static Web. And that's completely free that he did. Yeah, so he is, he's really awesome. Cool. Great person to talk to too. <laughs> Uh, I went completely non-technical. I just came uh, back from spring break and kind of uh, got a little lazy on my picks this week. But uh, I, I always have to like pick something fun. And I signed up for a marathon in October. So if you're anywhere near the Michigan area, Sleeping Bear is a beautiful place um, in the fall. You get to see all the trees changing colors. I've run this marathon in the past and um, it, it's all on a trail and it's, it's just, I was going to say, is it on dunes? Cause they're famous. Yeah, no dunes, no dunes. No, it's, it's <laughs> like, no pretty flat. You. There's a couple of hills that you have to deal with, but definitely no dune runs. You you can go to the dune uh, afterwards if you are really yeah. looking to kill your calves. So you're doing, yeah. you do, are you doing the, the, the full marathon or half marathon? Plan on, plan on doing the full. Um, oh, okay. I'm doing a half, uh, after this comes out, but Louisville, uh, half marathon uh, is next week so doing that one in preparation for it nice super fun picks thank you so much for filling those out i know it can be a little challenging sometimes to come up with things that you've been checking out so uh really appreciate you both for coming on the pod again it's so much fun to like have others to talk through this stuff um and just kind of get different perspectives uh, coming in so thanks so much yeah, thank you for joining yeah. us. You're welcome. 
Thank you for having us. Thank you, Alex, Brittany, and James. Yeah, thank you, Floor and James. Thanks, everybody. See ya. Take care. Take care.